Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. everyone welcome to adventures in autism episode 65 i am megan carranza thank you so much for coming to listen if it is your first episode welcome if you have been listening thank you so much for coming back and if you're listening to this episode the day that it comes out then tomorrow is thanksgiving so i just want to say happy thanksgiving Uh, One of the things that I am most grateful for this year is this community, all you amazing listeners and past guests and everyone who has been so supportive on our journey, listening to the show and just following along with everything. I am so thankful from the bottom of my heart. I just, I appreciate the support so much. If you have been enjoying the show, please, if you'd be so kind to leave a review especially those on Apple Podcasts. Those really help people to find the show. Um, But also just, you know, share, tell a friend, anyone who you think might benefit from listening to this show. I'm so proud every week that I see this community just growing and growing. And that's because of you. So thank you so much. And today I have a really awesome episode. My guest is Jackie Folks, who is an autism mom and she's so much more than that. Her her son Ethan is an adult now, so we talk all about kind of their journey back when they first started, which it was a very different time. I think she said Ethan was diagnosed 16 years ago, so a lot has changed in the past 16 years. And we talk all about that and then also how Ethan is doing now and kind of the programs he's in and what it's like, you know, having an adult child in the spectrum. So I found that really interesting and we just had had a lot to talk about. But Jackie is also uh, an amazing advocate. She has a, a local group that she started in Kansas and also has recently written a book which is a collection of social stories all about hygiene, which we know is a very important topic. So we talk all about that and more in the episode. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Jackie. Hi, Jackie. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited to chat with you today. So you have a lot of very interesting projects going on that I'm super excited to talk to you about. But if you will take us back to the beginning of your autism journey and what that looked like for you and your family, I would love to hear about it. Yeah, sure. Um, So my middle son, his name is Ethan, and he was diagnosed with autism 16 years ago when there were um, very little resources. There were very few um, groups, support groups, educational groups, anything like that. And we live in um, an extremely small town just outside of Lawrence, Kansas. And so when we got that diagnosis, we had no idea what the first step was going to be, let alone, you know, like the 20th step. And we were just (laughs) completely lost. Um, We had a two-year-old and a newborn. And 
that we just found ourselves swimming in this new world. Um, we did a lot of research through libraries. We just um, went, I read Temple Grandin books. I just desperately tried to seek out other parents through newspapers, anybody that I could talk to or connect with. But really the first few years, it was just um, a journey alone, a self-educated journey alone where we just learned through trial and error. And it was really difficult, but you know, now we're into adult life and adult transition. So I think we've kind of seen a very wide range of autism. Yeah, you definitely have. I always think it's interesting when I talk to moms who, you know, have adult children on the spectrum and I give you guys so much credit because, you know, now like my son was diagnosed almost three years ago. We are so blessed to have like this whole online community of fellow parents and advocates that come together and just kind of support each other and share our stories. And I mean, I'll be honest, when Logan was first diagnosed, I wasn't even sure how to access that at that point. So it's like, I think yeah. we all have like a, a level of loneliness for sure that kind of plays into that. But like I said, for, for moms like you, for parents like you, who, like you said, it was 16 years ago. I mean, I don't even remember, like the internet was around 16 years ago, but like, <laughs> yeah. did, you, did you find, I know you said it was pretty lonely for you. Did you find any kind of like community or especially like through the newspapers? Like how, how were you able to kind of like find that support? It took a couple of years, um, but I just, I was really um, persistent and I kept going back to the newspapers, maybe on a six month basis. And then finally, um, one mom called my phone number and she's like, I read your article. I have a kid. I mean, and it was her son and my son were the same exact age, same, same exact grade, same exact diagnosis. And we were starting together. Um, so that was the first first parent who contacted me. We were probably two years in by then. And then about six months later, a second parent contacted me. And those two moms are still, all these years later, in one of my closest circle of um, trusted friends and advocates. And together, we actually started have started a nonprofit now that we run. My gosh, that is amazing. Especially that, like you said, your kids were the same age, the same grade, the same diagnosis, like yeah. sometimes the universe <laughs> just like yeah. gives us what we need. Um, tell me about the nonprofit. So we run a nonprofit here in our local town. It's called Eudora ACEs and it stands for Autism Community Education and Support. And, you know, we do a lot of different things. Um, we offer support to people who are just starting. Anybody who has generic questions, we love to help them with um, IEPs, steering them towards, you know, maybe some methods that might work, um, just helping them get on the right branches to look for um, resources that can help them. But the biggest thing that we do is every April we host a um, autism walk and a community fun day. And we take 100% of the money raised there and we purchase items on the wish list for the autism program, speech program, and special education programs in our schools because they're so underfunded. So oh, wow. we have we have donated over $20,000 worth of items to date. Oh my gosh, that is incredible. I, I love hearing about 
like local organizations like that where like you said like all the money is actually going towards like helping kids on the spectrum yeah Yeah. because I feel like you know there obviously there's some big ones that you know you everyone they get a lot of press and it's like who's really getting that money this money that you know you're raising Mm -hmm. who is is that really going to you know help children and families you know with with a child yeah. with autism or is it going in somebody's pocket like you yes that's something that I I try to tell people all the time like if you are like wanting to donate you know you have that in your heart like check out the the, the smaller local smaller. organizations because mm-hmm. they're there, there's so many that are doing so much good. There, the one that I support here is called the Autism Hero Project, and we mm-hmm. actually just last week had their their fundraiser, which was amazing. It was an mm-hmm. awesome event. But they they raise money to purchase medical insurance for kids on the spectrum who can't, who don't have insurance, so they can't access therapy like ABA or speech or OT. So it's like, I mean, what they're doing is just incredible. And yeah, that's just, amazing. That's, Oh my gosh. It's, it's, it's honestly bananas. When I first heard about it, I was like, how is this even real? It's crazy. (laughs) But like you said, every penny goes towards their mission. Nobody takes any cut of the money whatsoever. Um, the the benefit was last week and just, just to see how the blood, sweat and tears that these people put into it. It's, it's incredible. It really is. Well, yeah. And another, you know, a lot of people don't think to look at those smaller organizations, but unless you're living in the world, you don't really know what's missing and what's needed. And uh, the desire, once we started making money, the conversation was like, okay, now what do we do with it? And um, we went back to, I remember when my son was in kindergarten. And like I said, that was all those years ago. And my town didn't even have an autism team, an autism program. They barely knew what autism was. Um, but they didn't have the money in the school to buy any OT things that he needed. So my husband and I would buy it out of pocket and send it to school. So that's where the idea clicked. Like, you know, really no parent should have to do that. If there's a need for equipment, it just needs to be provided. So that's kind of where ACEs um, was thinking when we chose where our money would go. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I love that. Like you said, like you saw a need and you're like, what can we do? Yeah, because uh, a lot of times those things seem really unattainable, but there's people out there like you who are doing it every day, and it's just it's so inspiring to me. Thank you. Um, so yeah, it's totally. So now that your son is like you said, like an adult, how mm-hmm. have things been for you guys like in recent years? You know, kind of navigating mm-hmm. adulthood. So it's interesting because you go through um, elementary and middle school and high school, and you're like, I'm a getting to be a pro at this Mm -hmm. and then they graduate and you start all over again you go back to square one and um for us the need was there to seek um guardianship and you know there's many different levels of guardianship and we were able to uh, figure out a plan that worked best for us so that we helped him with medical and financial decisions um but then you have to you you stop thinking about, you know, oh, we're in 10th grade, what's 11th grade going to look like? And what's 12th grade? And you're like, we're 18. What's 35 going to look like? What's Mm -hmm. 40 going to look like? Um, So he's still living at home with us. And we have him in an adult transition program where he's learning 
to work and he's learning to cook and um, he's he goes to college two days a week to a little autism program and they teach him um, some behavior mechanisms. Uh, they teach him how to balance a checkbook. We're learning like basic mm-hmm. uh, double digit math and things like that. But it's all the daily living stuff that now encompasses us. And then we also have our huge focus has been adult safety because now he's 18 years old and we have to think about um, what if he comes into contact with law enforcement or what if he's talking and my son's tone of choice is anger and Mm -hmm. the person he's talking to doesn't like that and it leads to harm that comes his way. So we actually just worked with our local law enforcement agency and wrote and implemented um, a safety program here in our town that creates registry pages so that if my son comes in contact with the police at all, they can pull this registry page and know to call me and know what his special needs are. So our focus is really geared on stuff like that now. That is, that's incredible. And that's such a, an important topic that you bring up with, with safety. I mean, I think safety for an autism parent is always a concern, but like you said, as our kids age, it just changes. And the, the things that, you know, I'm probably concerned about with safety now are not necessarily your concerns, but it's like, they've just shifted to a, another area. Um, so I'm assuming, so he's verbal then. Yes, he is okay. verbal. Okay. That's what I was wondering. Um, he gained his language and then he lost his language. And um, at about five, he started speaking again, but he, he was in intense speech therapy uh, through probably 10th grade. Okay. Gotcha. Um, well, that's wonderful. He's able to express himself. Like you said, yeah. anger is not, not always. He expresses himself a lot. Okay. <laughs> I saw a post yesterday yes. from another autism mom and it cracked me up because it was, it was her son. Like she was saying how he's, he's very verbal and he's very expressive and like, and she's like, I'm, I'm extremely blessed that he's able to express himself. And then she said in parentheses, like, I think I am. <laughs> yes. Like, and that's yeah, true. Yeah. 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 I'm sure it's like, there, there's always, there's always something. <laughs> yeah. Because it's very seldom appropriate, you know? Yeah. And so then you're like, oh my gosh, it just, it takes constant um, redirection and teaching. Um, that's our one, that's probably our biggest struggle right now is, is the way he communicates. Mm, okay. Yeah. See, it's so interesting. Cause like, so my son is nonverbal and of course, you know, my, my biggest dream would be for him to be able to speak. But at the same time, I know that there, there are plenty of, you know, individuals on the spectrum who are verbal and yet like, it's, it's not like that's the golden ticket. You know what I mean? Like there's still, yeah. there's still things to work on even, even within that. Um, yeah. that's a really interesting point. Well, it is. Yeah. It sounds like you guys have a nice uh, setup with him, though, like having kind of day programs and things to do. Because I know for me that that's probably like my biggest fear is my son is is so happy when he like has something to do and somewhere to go. And like he loves going to mm-hmm. school. So I always I, I like I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, we need to like get him on these wait lists like now for these kind of yes. programs. Because I feel like they're 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 out there and you you can you got to look for them. But there really are some some great programs for adults. Yes. And I will tell you what um, just hearing what you mentioned about waitlist, everybody I come in contact with, I tell them it is never too early because yeah. nine times out of 10, you're going to get waitlisted. So by the time 
you need it, you might be available for services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I've heard some even like have like five to 10 year wait list. <laughs> like it's crazy. Yes. My so, son was yeah. on the autism waiver wait list for seven years. Um, oh so that's a very long wait list in, in, in Kansas. Wow. That's yeah. I mean, I feel like we're all kind of used to wait lists within the autism world, but yeah, seven years is that, that's pretty crazy. No, I, I think that's true. Like it honestly is something I I'm already like looking into and, and thinking about because mm-hmm. like my son's going to be seven in a few weeks. And I already think like, yeah. Oh my gosh, how I was here already seven. And I know like, I'm going to blink and another seven years are going to pass by, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. it's, just, it's, it's just always like at, at warp speed. Um, it is. Well, I'm glad you guys were able to find, find good programs for him though, to kind of, because it's just one of those things where, again, it's like somebody had said to me, the, the worst part is when the bus stops coming. And it was like, when yes. they said, I, like, it was like, I could, the world kind of stopped on its access for a second. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, like that is going to happen at some point. And then what do we do? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, in the adult transition program that my son's in right now is the 18 to 21 extension of high school. So mm-hmm. even though we're in there doing that, the bus hasn't stopped coming for us, mm-hmm. but it will next year. So we're looking into like local um, community development di- uh, disor- uh, organizations and yeah. um, things like that. But yeah, that is one of the best. I've never heard that line before, but that's probably one of the best lines I have ever heard. Isn't it? I know. Yeah, that's it, like, wonderful. It really struck a chord with me. And that that's really what, what made me want to start looking into these things and looking into like programs in our area for adults, because yeah. I feel like it is something that, like you said, it's never too early. You can never be too prepared. And mm-hmm. I think that it's so important for, I mean, like I said, my son's only seven. I know a lot of people listening have young kids, but mm-hmm. the, their futures are coming. So it's like yeah. We need to be I mean, prepared. before and you then, know it. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. And then it's like, if the time comes and it's not appropriate anymore, then you can find, you know, go from there. But I mm-hmm. think, um, just kind of ha- for me, at least having those things, at least a basic knowledge of it, knowing like kind of what's available, uh, and what we need to do to get there just makes me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, so tell me then, cause I know you also wrote a book that I want to hear yes. about. So tell me about the book. So we had, we released what is um, our first in what we hope to be a series of children's books. Um, and we're calling them Adventures with Big E because we've always called my son Big E. Um, <laughs> and the first one is all about hygiene. It's help with hygiene. And what we did was we just took all of the social stories that we had to use with our son. And you know, cause you're on this journey that social stories and autism are, they're married. You, you know, <laughs> you need social stories to survive. Mm-hmm. 16 years ago, when I was first starting out, that was one of the words that kept coming up or phrases that kept coming up in my research was social stories. But there was nobody to help and tell me what one was or mm-hmm. how to properly write it. So we just did them through trial and error and I saved them. And when my son graduated from high school... I just thought to myself, what if we just provided social stories so people, when they're first starting, don't have to figure out what they are and do it alone. And so we had our, so our stories, um, 
illustrated and they're so adorable. They, the illustrations mm-hmm. were made directly from photographs of my son. And um, yeah, we put together our first social story children's book. Um, it came out in July and I'm so excited because um, we just recently were awarded the top book of 2019 from Autism Live. And wow. we're actually, yeah, and we are actually just found out that we are a featured gift in the 2019 Autism Holiday Toy and Gift Guide. So we're excited about this book. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is exciting. I'm excited. For yeah. That. Yeah. Well, we know that hygiene is like such an important topic. Yeah. So and see why the book would be really necessary. I know you said you want it to be a series. So I'm excited to see what else is coming out in the series. What made you decide though? Okay. The first one is going to be hygiene. Because it's, it's health related and it is so hard. I mean, you would think that we have it mastered by now, but still we have to remind Ethan to actually apply pressure with that toothbrush, you know, and things Mm -hmm. like that. But I chose hygiene because for us, and our family, hygiene has been the hardest. And hygiene is one thing that no matter what in life, you know, they already have so many things working against them. They don't need other things to make it hard to be socially acceptable, like dirty teeth and not wearing their deodorant, you know? So Mm -hmm. that is why I chose hygiene. Um, And we illustrated it so brightly. And it was important to me that it had few, very few words. So it was short, directive, social story. Mm-hmm. Um, so we hid things in the illustrations, um, like the, in the in the Ethan takes a bath pages in the bathtub picture. I'm holding glow sticks that I am breaking in my hand because we used glow sticks sometimes with the lights turned off and. Mm-hmm. So we hid a lot of things in the illustrations so that it's not too wordsy, but you can look at it and, you know, we put sequencing. A lot of the photographs are exact replicas of the sequencing that was in my bathroom and Mm -hmm. next to his toothbrush. And uh, one of the very first reviews that we received about this book was from a mom who said that her daughter just did not go um, pee in the potty. And she had sent us a review that said, after reading the book, she now loves to go potty because she likes to pee on the food coloring and make it swirl. So, and oh. that, that was hidden in the illustrations. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so you do talk about, like, bathroom, too, not just, like, hygiene. Like you said, like, taking a bath. You get into potty stuff, too. Yeah, so it, the, the first book has five separate social stories in it. It's not a book that's meant to be read from cover to cover because Mm -hmm. like I said, it's not a fluid story. It's five short social stories. And we do um, Biggie takes a bath. Biggie brushes his teeth. Biggie gets a haircut. um, Biggie gets dressed. So we just chose what, what was hardest for us Mm -hmm. and put them in the book. That is amazing. I know that so many people listening can relate. I know we definitely can. I feel like we have been, that's a definitely a focus of mine for sure. Because mm-hmm. you said it is, it's, it's health related. And I feel like it's one of those things that it's like a, a little piece of that independence that, you know, if, if they can gain that, it's like, those are kind of the building blocks then for everything else. 
Yes. So that's always been such a, an important thing to me um, with like Logan was in the, in the past just year potty trained and that was amazing. But then like you said, yeah, like working on, on brushing teeth and not just like holding the toothbrush in your mouth, but like actually brushing your teeth or now we are working on him kind of like independently. Yeah. And we're, we're definitely like facilitating these things, but I like, I just, I can see how proud he is when he does this kind of stuff. So I think it is, it, it's so important to, you know, instill these things in our kids and teach them. Cause I think a lot mm-hmm. of times other parents, especially with younger kids have the tendency to just kind of take over and yes. mm-hmm. that, I mean, like, and we're trying to do what's best for our kids, but at the same time, it's like, we, we do need to give them a chance to do it themselves too. Yes. And it is so important. And your words just keep bringing things up in my mind as to why I chose (laughs) to do this book, because in particular with the toothbrushing and you were talking about parents just wanting to take over, it is actually in, in the, in the words in the book, you know, that at first my mom started hand over hand, but it Mm -hmm. talks about the progression to doing it alone. Um, I, in particular in the haircut section, because, oh my goodness, haircuts were so difficult for us. Um, it was important that my illustrator took photos of Ethan and captured those facial expressions. And I mm-hmm. thought if that was in there, it can open conversations to a mom being like, well, look at his face. How does he feel? And it kind mm-hmm. of relates back to even pecs a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So haircuts are I still a, a huge challenge for us, but they have gotten so much better. I feel like haircuts yeah. are such a hot button topic in the autism community. Yeah. Because I posted about this like months ago about taking Logan for a haircut and saying how he had gotten a lot better with haircuts just in the past mm-hmm. like couple of years. He he was fine with haircuts when he was really little and then when he was like around two or three, he started having, that was like the only thing, because he's a total sensory seeker, so he really doesn't have any aversions, but like mm-hmm. we would turn into the parking lot of, you know, the haircut place, and he would already just start melting down, because he was just terrified to get his haircut. Yeah. So that's something I know I've had so many conversations about with people, and I think, mm-hmm. unfortunately, a lot of times what ends up happening is people just avoid haircuts, because they're like, well, I don't want to upset Mm -hmm. my kid and I I totally understand that but my advice always is like just keep trying just keep you know it like showing them that like this is kind of a part of life this is something that we all have to do because now not that we don't ever have like rough days with a haircut um because some some are better than others but most of the time now at least Logan even if he's kind of protesting a little bit it's nothing like it was before where he's literally like thrashing and screaming yes. and I am not kidding when I tell you I used to fear my neighbors were gonna like call the cops on us when it was haircut day you know just that loud screaming and and it mm-hmm. and but you can't keep doing it for prolonged periods of time so we'd have to take breaks so it seemed like the screaming lasted forever and now mm-hmm. there are times that it that it truly amazes me even today that I can walk into the barber shop and Ethan is sitting in a chair and mm-hmm. years and years of struggle. So, I mean, one, another thing that I did in this book, I know I keep going back to it is no, every like- one of the five stories ends with a celebration. They all mm-hmm. start with the same exact line. They all end with the same exact line. And I did that for a couple of reasons. One, so kids who are nonverbal or extremely echoic may just get familiar with it. 
mm-hmm. and be able to recognize the story that's coming and ending. But the celebration part, every single story ends with it because it is so hard for them and, and everything that they do should be celebrated. So yes. my hope is that through these books, they have a lovable character that they almost become friends with that they can take with them. Like it's time to go to the bath. Let's read this first and see what Biggie does. And that's just my hope. <laughs> so I love that. No, yeah. I think that's great, especially because it's like a character that, you know, they can they can relate to and then like you said like it's it, it will kind of translate into other things like down the road which I'm excited to to hear about but it can yeah. be it can be something that kind of grows with them like throughout everything yes yeah yes. well that was because you and I were saying before I, I was asking like you know is the is the book meant for children and you said that there there's been people with you know loved ones who are adults now but yeah. developmentally maybe are are still you know like a child and for them to have this book I think is just just as valuable as it would be for for anybody yes I agree yeah my one of my most recent books I sold at a fair was um to an adult who's in their 30s um well a loved ones uh in their 30s and developmentally they're younger and Mm -hmm. they struggle with hygiene so as long as it's developmentally appropriate then it'll work for you. You know, books are not mm-hmm. just made for children and neither are children's books. So yeah. yeah, that's so, so true. I was listening to another podcast recently and they were talking about how, you know, everything needs to be like age appropriate. And I totally agree with that in the right circumstances, but like, like my son, I mean, he's, he's going to be seven and he still totally loves Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. if that's, if that's what's appropriate, like it doesn't necessarily have to be age appropriate. It just has to be appropriate for the person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even with my mine, who's an adult now, he's 19. Um, we know that there are times when things, no matter what, have to be age appropriate. Um, you know, when he's at school and he's here and he's there, but if you were to walk into my home and go into his room, which is his safe space and his space to decompress, then it is still full of dinosaurs and Godzillas. And that's okay because they need that safe space. And as long as they're in the safety of their own home, then they don't have to be age appropriate. I still act silly in my home and childish. (laughs) So I shouldn't expect that for my son a hundred percent of the time either and I think creating that safe space has made it easier to where when we go out in public he doesn't need those items as much because he knows he can always come home to them that is a really good point first of all I completely agree with you I think whatever they're into at whatever age should be honored um if it makes them happy and like you said comforted and safe then I think Mm -hmm. that that is matters um but that that's a really good point that like you said you know, maybe they're not seeking it out in other areas then. Cause it's like, they know, okay, I've got this waiting for me at home. Yeah. And it was hard at first, but, and you know, after a couple of years, he just knew, oh, they're not going away completely. I just can't take them to school anymore and stuff like that. And so yeah. it's, it's worked out really well for us. Yeah. That's awesome. Logan's room is, is kind of sparse just cause he doesn't really play in there, but our, I would say our, our basement, which is like our playroom is his mm-hmm. safe space. He's got like, he's got his little trampoline. He's got all of his toys. He loves like cars and planes and any kind of ball. Like that's what he's oh, into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this wants to, but it's, it's, it's just like you said, like as soon as he gets home, he, that is, I always say it's his lair. I'm like, he wants yeah. to go down to 
because it's like that's where he feels comfortable exactly that that's all that matters Mm -hmm. and that is something that should carry into their adult world because life is so hard anyway they need to come home and be able to decompress and and feel safe yeah I mean we all need a, a safe space where we can feel comfortable Yes, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jackie, it's been so fun to get to chat with you today. Can you tell us where they can connect with you and where they can find the book? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I I actually have a public forum type Facebook page that's called Awesome Talk. It's A-U-S-O-M-E Talk, and we just share our autism journey. And then Adventures with Biggie has a Facebook page as well. And the books can be found at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and MascotBooks.com. Perfect. So it's everywhere. Well, I'm going to join your Facebook group, too. I didn't even realize that. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that we just recently started that, but it has been a very fun adventure so far. <laughs> yeah. I've had people ask me, like, oh, are you going to start a group? And I'm always like, groups kind of scare me. So <laughs> Yeah. I don't know well, mine I- is a yeah, is a page. Yeah. I didn't make it a closed group or anything. You don't have to join. You just have to like us and follow us. And Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a page for the podcast too. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, the groups, the groups can get a little intense. They do. Yeah. And you have to create <laughs> yeah. like rules and censor. And I'm like, no, no, no. Just listen oh to God. me or don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like within the autism community, there is definitely some conflict and some different yes. opinions. And people yes. are not always so kind about their their feelings. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm just going to stay over here for now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I will definitely check out your page. But thank you so much again just for coming on the show and for sharing with us. And I, I'm so excited about your book and for the, the series to just keep going. I think it's going to really help a lot of people. I hope so. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Take care. Okay. Bye. For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. (laughs) I love anything by Emily Giffen, like Something Borrowed or Something Blue, and those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Jackie. She is just so sweet, and I continue to be blown away by all these amazing autism moms and dads and grandparents and just family, everyone who really steps up and advocates and is an activist and does amazing things 
once you have a child with autism in your life or an adult, anybody, it, it really does inspire you to just be a better person and help others. And especially in this journey, I feel like when you've learned something, you just want to like share, share that because maybe it could help somebody else. So thank you so much to Jackie for coming on the podcast and sharing her story and just for everything she's doing, definitely check out her book and follow her on social media. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast or on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod. Or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. Again, I love to connect with you guys. Love getting messages, hearing that you're enjoying the show. If you have questions, comments, concerns, send them my way. And again, happy Thanksgiving for all my American listeners. And thank you so much for listening. I really am just so thankful for this community. Definitely stay tuned for next week. I have a very, very exciting episode coming up. Can't wait for you guys to hear that one. But that is all for now. So until next time, take care.